fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What up, though? And we are joined this evening by the one and only Mr. Aaron Satterfield. How's it going tonight, Aaron? Good, good. What's going on, everybody? It's uh, it's uh, been a while since I think we've had you on. Uh, I think the last time we had you on, we had the uh, the TSS Express, which we kind of want to talk more about today because Christabel over there uh, <laughs> bought himself a 410, correct? Das ist correct. I am... <laughs> elated uh we got a hold of this gun <clears throat> hell when did we get that aaron oh sh- shoot uh what was that a month month and a half ago oh dude way before that maybe it was because really? you had it you had it for... i probably had it that long yeah, yeah i probably had it that long so it, yeah it well it probably wasn't it was in january early early january it was shortly At after least. christmas yeah so um it's a Rossi, Tuffy Turkey, 26-inch mm-hmm. barrel. Yep. It came with two factory chokes, but they're not marked that I can see. Um, I'm assuming they're both full chokes, but... Uh, full and modified. Are they full and modified? Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, I would never shoot a modified choke with 410. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless you're like close range and woodcock or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, I actually just picked up a 385 constriction uh, Indian Creek choke tube nice. for it. And I think we've got, uh, so we're going to do a couple things. We've got Foxtrot Ammo sending us a few loads. I think we've got a nine and a half shot in mm-hmm. a three inch. And then we have a three inch <clears throat> duplex load, which will be, Nine and a half shot and ten shot. Jeez, so Pete. There will be a buttload of pellets. I'm going to assume yep. that these are all 18 cc. What do you, yeah. how, What's the yeah. technical correct way? 18 grams. Grams per cc. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, meaning that these are what is lead around 11. Uh, well, less than that, nine. Oh, gosh. So almost double the weight of lead. So when you think about it, are you serious? Yeah, dude. So literally a number nine is like between a four and a half, uh, basically a four and a half. Yeah. 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 Four and a five. Yeah. Roughly stupid. Yeah. I mean, so for those of you that have heard about this TSS. And I know there's so many people out there that worship the Winchester Longbeard XR. And let me just say that that is a great round that has killed a pile of turkeys for a lot of guys. And I'm not saying it's a bad round, but I am here to tell you that no matter what your feelings tell you, TSS in every way, but price point, is superior to say <laughs> it yeah. is far superior to a long beard a remington nitro turkey nitro mag any Garbage. of that stuff um they'll all kill birds 
and they'll all kill birds at some really long ranges. I've done it. Right. I've killed them out at yardages I will not discuss. Um, <laughs> I've killed them comfortably at 65 yards. Mm-hmm. I'll discuss that. So you can imagine what I won't discuss. That said, um, I learned from Josh Fox, Aaron Satterfield, uh, the gentleman we were actually supposed to have on tonight as well, Bryce Hensley. This TSS stuff is crazy. You can shoot literally like almost triple the pellets. And yeah. you're you, so imagine, you know, for those guys that are real big into their shot size selection and pay attention, um, you know that if you're going to shoot longer range, you want to shoot a four shot, you want a heavier pellet to knock that bird in his dome and knock him out. So imagine if you could shoot four shot, but have two and a half times the pellets. Yeah. How many pellets Mm -hmm. are in a nine in the nines that you made? Did you count them? Yeah. The, Oh man. Uh, Now we're we're referring to a 12 gauge three inch, which it's actually a little less than three inches. Yeah, It's a little less than three. And it is a one and five eighths ounce load. This is not a magnum load by any means. No. How many pellets did you count? Uh, hair under five hundred. So so five hundred pellets. Wow. In a in a light load. Keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I I mean I can tell you for sure that when I sighted in my gun after you got the work done on it, Aaron. I, I actually went through, I had a box of old nitro turkeys that I used to get on paper. And then I forgot how they're three and a half. So I forgot how hard those ones kick. Yeah. And I put in a long beard XR, <laughs> uh, much, much easier load on the shoulder. And then I shot that TSS and it felt like I was shooting, you know, dove shot out of it yeah it literally like, it, that's it, exactly it is, right it is it was, it was a dream nuts <laughs> oh my god it's it, 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 it is <clears throat> insane the difference that you can get and you can have that many more pellets in that range at, right. at a lighter load and, and you're and oh, you're still, yeah and think about it too i mean because yeah you know and especially you know chris like like you and you know a lot of other bow guys and stuff you know i mean you you, you talk about you know, speed, trajectory, kinetic energy, you know, stuff like that. And if you think about it, you know, so, okay, so you're pushing almost 500 BBs, you know, out and we, we conographed it uh, whenever I worked up those loads and we were doing pattern testing on them and they're, they're traveling in between 12 to 1300 feet per second. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, so you have the energy plus the velocity behind it. So that's, that is extending your range, you know, with penetration as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, um, and, go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say like the, the key thing there is it's extending your range and you're still going to get a, a good penetration with it as right. well, which is right. ultimately the, you know, most important thing. <clears throat> um, and when, that, when and, you're turkey hunting. Yeah. And, and that's Rick, that's a good point too, man. Uh, because, you know, look, we, we could take, if your if your shotgun is patterned correctly to the load that you're running, you know, and it's no different, you know, with shooting sporting clays or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, uh, you know, you're you're going to pattern your gun to the load, uh, yeah. and you know, and the target that you're you know that you're 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 going after. But if 
you know, what people don't understand is, is, you know, I, I could take a two and three quarter, you know, let's say dove load and pattern it correctly. And I could still probably achieve a good pattern, 60, 70 yards, you know, depending upon how I set my shotgun up, mm-hmm. but what type of penetration am I going to get? Right. You know, and that, and that's the thing. Yeah. I, I could get on target, but getting on target is no good if you're not penetrating your target. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And so, we don't want to just talk about extending our range because while you can effectively extend your range, when we talk about that, we're talking about people lethal that range. are, yeah, lethal we're talking about range, lethal yeah. range and putting a weapon in the hands of somebody who is chronographing their gun and sighting in their gun and practicing and understands turkey patterns and behavior and, uh, you know, their, their, uh, I don't want to say mannerisms, but how they move. And we're not just walking around in a damn field shooting hundred yard shots every chance we get. No. no. Um, so right. I do want to be clear about that, but that really for me is not the whole point to TSS for me. I've learned so much about it in the past year. So the other thing I learned is I used to use the long beard XRs. And I've had on more than one occasion where I had a turkey come into seven or eight yards, 12 yards, and they're moving, their heads bobbing, whatever. You shoot and you miss. You're like, how did I miss a bird mm-hmm. that close? And they're shooting basically a baseball size pattern. I mean, it is tiny until you get out to 25, 30 yards yep. easily. Right. They get so, to basketball size. So when you use TSS in your, let's say same gauge, let's say a 12 gauge, that pattern comes out about the size of a paper plate. And, and it actually holds that way out there, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. And you can't constrict that tough metal like you can the lead, I believe. Is that mm-hmm. basically yeah. correct? Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not going to deform. So yeah. you're, you're going to have consistent flight pattern. Yeah. And it, oh my God, it's so stupid consistent. Um, Luke, I, I misspoke. It may have been on here, but I've, I've told the story a couple of times. So I want to tell it the right way. I had been saying we shot at 90. It was actually 70. According to Luke, I still think I'm right, but we'll just <laughs> make sure he put, but regardless at 70 yards, he put 35 killing pellets, not not the ones that go just inside the turkey's head and neck. I'm talking very close or in the spine and yeah. up in the eyeball Vitals. and beak and yeah. all that. Because if you hit its beak, you're going <clears> to <throat> break its neck. So um, he put 35 pellets in a head and neck target at at least 70 yards. That's, wow. that's unheard of. So And that was with a 12-gauge, 1 and 5 eighths ounce duplex load of oh what was it uh sevens and nines sevens and nines yep so um and, that, and, and then, that was a lighter load as well too that was a yeah, sounds load yeah we were joking because we were like man could you imagine doing a two and a half ounce load of nines yeah. and three and a half inch Jeez. mag i mean yeah that'd be in, insane but uh the other point i wanted to bring up about the tss which I think is sort of one of the ways that it's gained huge popularity. 
your ability to go down to a 20, a mm-hmm. 28 gauge, or a 410 gauge even. Yeah. People are taking 410s. Let me say that again. A 410, the gun you grew up with chasing squirrels around, they're taking that little single shot shotgun and making them 50 and 60 yard, very consistent, very confident killing machines mm-hmm. for yep. turkeys. So <clears throat> when you think about being able to carry a youth model 410 mm. for 11 miles on public land and, and you can yeah. reach out, I mean, yeah. you can get rid of your 12 gauge at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah. Take, take, yeah. Haul, haul around, which many people do haul around a 12 gauge pump semi-auto freaking goose know. gun like me <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then grab a literally I, I put my i put my rossi on on the scale four pounds god four pounds it, it doesn't even feel right to carry it because it's like this this is not normal it feels like a toy it Am feels I like yeah, a toy it does. <laughs> it does and it's so awesome you know i mean it's like there, i mean it is nothing to carry exactly well and i think that the other thing that it, it it kind of brings up is you know you have people who we, we've discussed this and it is is the 12 gauge basically going to be made obsolete for you know turkey hunting with this type of stuff that's coming out and i mean certainly they're going to be produced or whatever it's not going to make mm-hmm. completely obsolete but you know you look at this for uh older older folks as well you're you're talking about them being able to get good range still and they may not have been able to you know take the brunt of a 12 gauge anymore so they take a 20 gauge or 28 or a 410 there's a video on kentucky field from last uh two weeks ago harold knight uh the guy who helped establish night and hail uh calls Mm -hmm. he uh, switch over to 20 gauge. He's like, I don't yeah. need to shoot a 12 anymore. Cause I can shoot TSS and yeah. I can haul the gun around a lot more. And I mean, that's a guy who, you know, Turkey hunts in 30 States every year and right. still gets around. And if, if you can carry that, it makes your days a little bit easier. It makes yep. your shoulder hurt a little bit less. And if you're older, you know, it still allows you to go out and, have success without having to, you know, punish your shoulder with a 12 right. and, you know, potentially actually hurt yourself or do something, you know, goofy <clears throat> during a turkey hunt. Yeah. And, and why not? Because whatever's on the receiving end is going to take just as much damage as a 12. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. As, as a matter of a perfect, perfect example, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the 20 gauge uh, TSS loads uh, that, you know, uh, that, Josh Fox and I, uh, we have worked up. They're one and five eighths ounce loads, same load as 12 gauge. Um, velocity wise, same as the 12 gauge. Jeez. You're, you're, it's the exact same thing coming out of a 20 gauge. And, mm-hmm. and people have a hard time comprehending that because, you know, nah, there's no way a 20 can be as potent as a 12. I'm telling you, it is. Yeah, I mean, whenever whenever you reload the components and you run them through a conograph and you pattern them, and you know what the component you know you know the components that are going into them, it's the same thing, just in a smaller diameter. So then mm-hmm. also think about it from a patterning standpoint. So you're taking that 12 gauge load and you're constricting it down 
to a 20 gauge diameter. So guess what's guess what's happening to the constriction of your load right out of the get go? It's tighter. Mm. Okay. I mean, so this, but this applies for, I mean, you can use TSS on anything. I think we, last time we talked, um, like you can use this for ducks and that kind of stuff. And there's yeah. guys now who are using four tens to shoot ducks, like, you know, old over unders <laughs> and that kind of stuff, because they have the ability to do it now. And again, right. If, if you said, Hey, I can give you a 20 gauge, you go waterfowl hunting all day versus oh. a 12 like it, it's a it's a no-brainer like I mean, yeah. absolute no-brainer in order to be able to go and do something like that i mean and i, I don't know anything about like there's also like bismuth loads do those do the mm-hmm. same thing as tss like is, is that comparable or is it yeah uh very very similar uh some of the some of the bismuth uh loads and then you get into some of the uh plated uh plated loads um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name of them they're almost like a uh i kept on wanting to say uh, tsx or something like mm-hmm. that but they're weight wise yeah you start getting into the you know 10 11 mm-hmm. weights uh then you started getting into the heavy shots uh which is you know any 11 12 13 you know uh grains per cc Oh, okay. grams per cc i'm sorry and then you start getting up into the you know the 15 g per cc um tss and then you can get up into the you know the, they call it the heavyweight you know the 18 you know wow. so so yeah so you can you can imagine i mean even going from you know a lead to a bismuth mm-hmm. you know to where you take a you know a, a two to three grain per cc jump on that okay so you're going to that and then from 11 to an 18 yeah you know so you people need to understand and realize the the energy that's being transferred in those things is amazing yeah i mean you you look at you i mean any anybody who's ever opened up a you know a a shell of number nines i mean you look at uh, they're pretty damn small yeah i mean they are are. and you know and we're talking about some of the 410 loads even nine and a halves tens stuff like mm-hmm. those are damn small bbs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know what the amount of energy that's that's being transferred between them though is crazy so you can take an you can take an you know tell me if you'd ever go coyote you know coyote hunting with nines you know <sighs> lead lead nines yeah no no absolutely not no you, you buck shot something like that mm-hmm. uh you know uh triple buck stuff yeah uh you know, there's there's guys out there that are using you know two and three quarter three inch uh, shells number nines, literally in between 30, 40 yards. And I think I've discussed this on the on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. They're damn near getting complete pass throughs with BBs on a coyote. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, for that's God's insane. sake, that's a dog. Yeah, (laughs) and I think it's also kind of important to look at this from the an efficacy standpoint, like you're 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 going to be using a load that's going to put something down a lot quicker at a far like i mean even at a closer range uh if you're using that and i know that you know depending upon what the state is right now uh if you go out west like there's certain states where they're not letting you use lead birdshot anymore so this is your next best option in order to do that kind of stuff and i mean 
I, I think I'd have a real hard time shooting a $10 pheasant every time, but um, you know, it, it, I think that's kind of where <clears throat> some of the ammo market is going to end up going, if not more because of certain stuff like that. Now yeah. there's always going to be a place for lead. I just, I just think there will be, but you know, big game loads have been switching over to things other than lead for years Le- yeah. at this yes. point. Um, yep. You know, Nosler's done it. Federal's done it. Um, Barnes has Barnes, always done it. Yep. I mean, you're, you're going to get to a point where this stuff is uh, going to be what the majority of individuals are shooting more than likely. And again, yeah. like I think, I think it's better overall and you know, you can get all the safety stuff regarding that kind of stuff. And like, you know, you're, I think it'll change hunter safety courses and that kind of stuff too, based off of it. But you know, that, that's years down the road and that that's yet to be seen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to kill a turkey with that load. You, with those loads you made. Me. Oh, Hopefully I, you, one. You Hopefully know, only it, one load, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, you, it, it's funny because I, I tell you what, I, you guys, you guys know it. I mean, that's that mm-hmm. I, I, I love working up loads. I love gunsmithing. I love working on guns. I love you know taking care of stuff like that. I get just as excited whenever I work up a hand load like that. And I see you guys just waylay animals. <laughs> I it, it's it, it's just as good as me laying the hammer on something. It it is honestly, guys. Nice. I the, remember the excitement. I could oh. feel your excitement when I sent you guys. In fact, I remember you bitching me out when <laughs> I sent you guys the video of my Tom coming in last year. <laughs> And you're oh. like, well, what the hell happened? Did you kill it? Come yeah. on, man. You're killing yeah. me. And so where's the money shot? Yeah. <laughs> so then I sent that to you and everybody just like lost it. That was, mm. that's so, that was neat. That, and that's uh, an, ep- I, I can't help it. And, I, and I'm not just saying that that's an epic video for anybody that's listening, who hasn't checked it out, go to our YouTube page check out that video my god i do not know how that turkey kept its head oh my god no idea i forget who said it but somebody said that i probably just hit it with the edge of the load but i'm sorry i can't buy that no no i center punched that thing right where you want to hit him and knocked him backwards off his feet dead yeah as a doornail those those loads in in the tss you put you put buffer uh in it and it and it's a it's a white powder Mm uh to you know to keep the bbs and stuff from rebounding and stuff basically ricocheting off one another it helps um you know it it helps protect your barrel uh a little bit because the tungsten it's it's harder material than the steel that your barrel is made out of um and you can see that in the video, that bird's head gets lost in a cloud of white powder. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's mm-hmm. that buffer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's that buffer material. <laughs> it, it is phenomenal. I love yeah. it. <laughs> it uh, I, I will say, I, you know, I wasn't running the camera. So when I started playing that footage back, I was like, oh my God, that, we, we did good today. That, that, that 
excuse me, that bird got knocked off its feet. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. And and into the air. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. When I was watching I mean, the other day when I sent you uh, the video where it kept rewinding and then going, rewinding yo, and going in slow mo, uh, I was like, oh, oh, I, oh. I did that for like 25 <laughs> minutes just watching it and studying everything about it. And I'm like, Dude, that bird went a foot to 18 inches oh, into the did. air mm-hmm. and and like just backflipped into the ground, man. And it, you know, oh. yeah, it, it, and, the, and the thing about it, we, we were talking about, you know, how lethal they are. How, how long did it take for that bird to die? Dude, I can't explain Eight. this at all. So I was going to bring this up earlier, but we're all super excited about this TSS. So this is a point I want to make as well, and it's splitting hairs, but it is something that we have found, and then we've found it multiple times, yeah, at least three. So because I killed two last year, and Matt killed one, and those were all with TSS. Yeah, and only and TSS. I killed I killed one as well. Yeah. So yeah. and I think I remember a conversation with you where I I was kind of afraid to talk about it because. I just felt like I was diving a little too deep. But if anybody's ever killed a turkey with lead, copper-plated lead, whatever, you walk up to them, and they kick the hell out of you for five minutes after they're dead. They're dead. I don't know how a bird's nerves do that because deer's nerves don't do it. Nothing else does. But for whatever reason, a bird will flop and flap and kick for a decent amount of time after it's been killed well Mm -hmm. i've shot them at 10 and 15 and 20 yards with lead and waylaid them and i shot two of them last year with tss one at roughly 25 could have been 27 Uh, me and luke joke that means probably about 34 but still a close shot Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that bird y'all can see in the video on YouTube, that's 15 yards. And both of those birds are done flopping. And it, like there's 10 or 15 seconds roughly. And, yeah. and it's very light. Fl- there's not a whole lot of anything it's not going violent. on. Yeah. No, it's not the violent, no. like swimming across the ground with their wings. Right. Stuff that they do. And, um, <laughs> I, I not, just, yeah, not to the point where you where you're thinking about yeah. neck stomping them. Right, exactly. right, right. And so, and Matt's did the same thing. And I brought it up. I'm like, you know, these things flop less for some reason. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. They die quicker. They're done yeah. quicker. Um, so, kind of cool. I don't know how to explain that. I'm thinking that it has something to do with actual kinetic energy and momentum because um, mm-hmm. you just you're destroying more the 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 pellets are not deforming and staying in the head they're passing the hell through the head well and you're yeah. getting more in there i mean yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the other that's the other side yeah. of it is you're, you're putting more you're putting more pellets in in a the same area and those suckers aren't I mean, you know they're eating tungsten for breakfast lunch and dinner all oh, at once man. yeah I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna draw Thor's hammer on on the side of my shelf. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So hey, by the way, the four ten halls. What color are yeah. those? Uh, red. <laughs> All right. Can we paint those? Will that hurt anything? If I powder mm. coat them, I just don't want to mm. get shot. 
because I'm going to carry them on the set. You know that little shell oh, yeah, holder yeah, yeah. in the stock. Yeah, I want to carry them in that. Maybe. No, nah, you shoot. You you'll you'll be good in that. <laughs> Powder coating them, or you're saying I'll be trust fine? me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Just walk around with a red, white, and blue flag, please. God, don't anybody do that. Um, for those of you that don't know that haven't turkey hunted, shame, shame if you ever wear red, white, or blue in the turkey woods. Do not do that. It'll get yeah, you shot. That is not the time to be patriotic. Nope. It is not. Nope. For our America birds. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to bring up with this stuff, and I've pestered the hell out of Aaron over this many times, but we'll get it done. Um, I'd like to work up and develop a really cool duplex load of like uh, mm-hmm. maybe some some sevens in um or or maybe even like some eights and nines maybe do like some uh eights and a bismuth or something and then not just to save some money i don't know what those costs compared to tss but what i'm getting at is i'd like to work up a small bore waterfowl load so that way because what i've noticed is man i'll shoot you know a mallard or merganser i mean tiny ducks with a three and a half inch number two mm-hmm. and right. have to shoot three shells into them before they're dead. And so I figure if I can use the full choke and some number nines and TSS, which is the equivalent of a damn four to five shot lead. Yeah. I will smoke some ducks at mm-hmm. some serious yardage, but more importantly, shoot them one time. Oh, it, it, even even a what i mean even i was looking at some load data and and for anybody that's listening to if you want to get into reloading the information's out there you just you just got to do your homework and it's going to be I on mean, our channel in about a week or two so go there y- yeah <laughs> <laughs> go uh, to fuel buddy <laughs> outdoors youtube channel we're going to do a video with aaron yep. on how to load a TSS shell. We're not yep. going to give you the recipe, but we are going to show you everything else involved. So that way mm-hmm. you can be self-sufficient. But I will also say, while it is nice to do that stuff, don't forget about your custom guys who can work up, you know, exactly. Aaron, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those guys, it, it's basically like doing your own bow work like me and being a moron. <laughs> and then go into the shop and having them figure all your stuff out for you so yeah. you can not look as stupid. Yeah. And, you know, and hey, and, and by all means, I'll, I'll admit, I'm, I, you know, I, I do, I am far from knowing it all on it. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of times I learn as I go. Uh, it, it's, it's about, it's about gaining knowledge. You know, don't, mm. don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do it. I mean, if you really started looking into it, you'll see that with the YouTube video, uh, you know, that we do uh, of, of reloading. But, man, it it's honestly, it's simple. If, if you want to give it a try, do it. Don't don't be afraid. You know, there's there's safety things out there to where, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, I mean, man, I'd love to, but I'd be afraid I'm, I'm going to blow my gun up, you know. And I, no, you know, there's 
there's literally, if, if you're that concerned, there's plenty of one, there's plenty of low data out there. There's yep. plenty from reputable sources. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the big thing. You know, we're not talking about, you know, Jim Bob who posted on a forum and said, Oh, I shoot three and a half with uh, five ounces of TSS. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. okay, buddy. Um, you know, but there is, there, there's a lot of reputable sources, uh, that's reliable out there that you can reference uh, and you can contact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if you're worried about, you know, because one of the things it, it's a fine, it's a fine balance whenever you're reloading as well too, especially whenever you're working up heavy payloads is pressure, you know, pressure and pressure spikes mm-hmm. within the chamber. Okay. So as you know, basically, as the payload is going, long story short, as the payload is going down the barrel, what's happening? Pressure is building mm-hmm. until it is released out the end of the barrel. Okay. So that's where you figure out, that's where you figure out what type of powder to use, the burn rate of powder, how quick it ramps up, uh, how slow or how fast it burns. Uh, that's where you get That's, that's where you get into the science of it. Okay. Uh, but there, all of that information's out there. I mean, I, I'd be lying out my ass right now if I told you, oh, yeah, I know exactly what, uh, you know, uh, what powder to use or with this payload. No, you know, I mean, to, literally to the point, I'm, I'm happy as hell because I was able to buy two pounds of powder that I have not been able to find since November, pretty Jeez. much. Yeah. So, yeah. Love you, Adam Dolls. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Chris, Chris's buddy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I tell you what, if I, if I could have kissed him, I would have, um, <laughs> he gave, he gave his heads up that he found some in stock and I literally went, went out, uh, found it online, bought it. Uh, so, I'm, so now we're able to do some 410 loads, but with that, with that being said, you know, the information and stuff is out there. And if you're concerned with any pressure spikes, stuff like that, there are companies out there that you can send your custom loads to that will that will uh, pressure test them for you, and they will give you a generated paper back stating, "Hey, based on you know based on your payload, based on your custom load, this is the pressure rating you know that you are achieving out of out of your." out of your custom load wow. uh, and you, and you know that yet, yeah, and you know that you're safe, you know, so you can, you can check out the pressure ratings and stuff and make sure that you're not, you know, putting too much pressure into it. And you're not, you're not going to deal with the catastrophic failure of a firearm. Good deal. I did not know that you could send it away and have have a company do that, but that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and, you know, and, the, the, the bad thing about it is a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people really don't want to, because I mean, you know, you, you buy TSS and it's like, the shit's not cheap. No. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I, I don't want to give it to anyone to shoot. I want to <laughs> shoot it. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, but, it, but it if, beats, it beats yeah, paying 10 bucks for it, it, it at, for, at, a, at it, a store. When you hand load it yourself, I mean, you're looking at, you know, close to five bucks a load and yeah. your time. I mean, that, that, that's yeah. the reality of it. And that, that's the better part of being yeah. able to, it, to it, do that yourself. It, exactly. And, and that's why, that's why Chris and I, we're looking forward to doing the YouTube video. So please, any, anybody that's listening to this and is interested, mm. uh, hit up at YouTube video whenever we get a chance. We're, we're probably going to try to do it. What Chris in the next couple of weeks, um, yeah. and, and try to try to get it out there for everyone. Uh, 
you don't don't be afraid to give it a try. Uh, reach out to us for any questions that you have. Uh, you know, I mean, we have no problem even sharing some of the resources that that you know that we use. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the the way that I we're, we're all in this together. You know, and we have no problem helping people out. You know, that's that's one of the joys of the you know of the page that we have. You know, so that's that's Absolutely. the fun part. So then then I get a chance to watch more turkeys die with my payload. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's the best part of all. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. So I'm gl- I'm glad we finally uh got to talk more about that cuz I'm I'm excited cuz I know we we've talked kind of the technical stuff about turkey hunting and hunting in general over the past few weeks, but I've uh you know, I, I think understanding the ammo is a a very I'm I'm finding out as I get older, it's an integral part of hunting. Like, you know, you can't, you can't just go buy whatever you want off the shelf and expect it to work every time. You got to make sure. Isn't it amazing that your mindset is that way for so Mm -hmm. long. And then all of a sudden you meet somebody like him or, you know, I'm fortunate enough to know some archers that are real good archery stuff. And you, you never think about that until somebody mentions it and you're like, yeah. Hey, perfect example, Chris, because I'm, I'm the same way with you guys with with archery. You know, I mean, I've, I've been shooting for 30 years, you know, but I tell you what, over, over the last couple of years, I've learned more about archery in the last couple of years than what I've known in the past 30 years. Yes. It's made me become a better archer. You yeah. know, I mean, and that's that's the that's the cool thing about it. You know, yep. so, well, I, I think that a lot of people think these um these guys who compete in archery or rifle shooting or clays or whatever, or like some kind of like talented people. But I think other than hard work, it's knowledge. Yeah. Next knowledge level and, knowledge. And they, they figure shit out. Yeah. They figure shit out what works for them. Yep. It might not work for you. It might not yep. work on your gun. It might not work on your bow, but here's, here's what I do. You know, it, right. I might, I might, I might get you in the ballpark. I might be able to help you out a little bit, but you got to figure it out. Yep. Exactly. Like that, that's, that's the key part of it. There is that people can get you in the ballpark, but you've got to be the one to earn it and learn it. I mean, right. I mean, to, right. to move yourself forward anymore, you know, I, yeah, I talk about this all the time at my job is that, uh, you know, people only spend, you know, 45 minutes, you know, in a, in a chair talking to me, there, there's a hell of a lot longer than that during the course of the week. And if you ain't practicing it outside of that session, guess what? Your, mm-hmm. your problems ain't going to go away anytime soon. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it goes, it goes with anything. Practice makes perfect. Perfect hmm. practice makes perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that is my, I'm sticking with that one. I, cause Cause I think a lot of people practice, but they don't put into practice what they'd put into a game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, it shows up. Yes, yeah. it does. Um, so what do you say we switch gears here and, uh, let's make it a little interesting and entertain some people a little bit, get off the tech side of things. Let's tell a couple hunting stories or fishing, yeah. whatever. So I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys, one of you guys pick to go first. I'll save mine for last. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh boy. All right. Um, 
I mean, I'll, I guess I can go. And I mean, in kind of the spirit of, you know, I am, we're recording this on, I mean, we don't normally record on a Tuesday, but we're recording on a Tuesday because Chris is heading to, you're heading to archery this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go archery. I'm heading south to fish uh, Cumberland River. So I think, I think the one that I kind of want to tell is one that, um, I have yet to really kind of discuss, um, probably, I don't know that on the podcast, we've even talked about it at all, but, um, there's a, there's a picture floating around of me with a seven pound rainbow from last, um, last fall. And I mean, it, it's, it is the biggest trout I've ever caught in my life. Uh, it's a special one because there's no way in hell. I thought I was going to catch a fish that big that day. Um, when I go trout fishing, I think of like 14 inch, maybe max 20 inch fish. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that, that whole day was really unique in the sense that I woke up the, we, we went up to the lake. Um, the day started out, we were like bass and striper fishing, Day started out with a really nice walleye that I caught. I followed it up with a really nice smallmouth, but it was so damn hot in the middle of the day in the afternoon. We're like, well, let's go fish the river. It's colder. So my dad and I uh, headed down there and he had talked to me. He's like, I've, I've got this way. I want to try fishing this this year. We, we've never done this um, in, in the fall. So like okay well let's uh let's let's go ahead and talk about the let's go ahead and talk about what we want to do so we, we get it worked up and for any of you listening if you're planning on finding out what bait i'm using i'm not going to tell you so <laughs> stop thinking it now um i'll spot burn the river but i'm not telling you where where i caught that fish and i'm not telling you how i caught that fish but we, we st- i'll we tell st- you guys I'm just kidding. <laughs> for twenty dollars a piece <laughs> <laughs> so uh we 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 launched the boat uh the river's running at a decent amount not not too high not too low and chris you've been on the river when it's like ridiculously high it's stupid it's stupid um so it, it was about ten thousand cfs so i think when we were down there at one time they were running like 25,000 CFS or something like that. So it's like perfect flow. So we start going and the idea here is, is that we are casting for trout uh, and we are going to, well, we start out, we we're working to catch a limit, a trout except for one. So you can get five trout on the river every day. Um, but if you catch your five trout, uh, you are, you are done trout fishing. So we get, you keep them. That, that, that's what I mean. So we each catch our four trout, uh, just power baiting like we normally do. And then we switch over to throwing lures. So we start throwing lures and we're getting like little, little bites and that kind of stuff. And we're, we're catching some trout and we're throwing them back cause we don't, we want to keep fishing. So we get, about I, I don't know halfway down from uh where where we actually wanted to be at and i cast 
and I, I uh, am reeling in and all of a sudden, like my line just like tenses up. And if you've ever fished the Cumberland River, there's a ton of rocks. There's a ton of trees. So I'm thinking that I've got the bottom. So I pull and then my drag starts zipping. I'm like, what the hell do I have? So I'm, I'm thinking like, I've, I've got like a decent sized like striper, like a small striper and you know, the current's <laughs> going good. So when, you know, I'm thinking that it's pulling against it and uh, it starts running around and it starts, uh, it starts shaking. I'm like, what the hell do I got? Um, because it starts running to the middle of the river. I'm like, do I have like a Buffalo or, or something like that? <clears throat> so it starts really shaking. I'm like, I think I got it. I think I got a trout. So I see like this big flash, like, like almost a golden flash. I'm like, Holy, Holy hell. I've got, I've got a big Brown trout. Like I'm thinking I've got like a a 24, 25 inch, you know, Brown and it gets up to the surface and rolls. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've got like a seven, eight pound rainbow on. So for any of you that have ever fished in Kentucky for trout, this you're allowed one fish over uh, the slot limit. And the slot limit, I believe, is 15 to 20 inches. So anything below 15, you can keep, uh, but you're only allowed one fish over 20 inches, brown or rainbow. Um, so... I'm looking at it and I'm thinking like this, this fish is, you know, the fish of a lifetime for me. And, 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 uh, you know, like that adrenaline dump you get, like when you, like when you, uh, like see like a big buck or like Mm -hmm. when you see a turkey, like walk right in or Chris knows. Yeah. (laughs) Chris has talked about like the adrenaline dump that you get from like, that you got from that striper, this fish, um, single-handedly i think was the biggest adrenaline dump that i had because as i'm fighting the fish and trying to get it in i begin to realize it's like you need to decide what you're going to do with this fish when you get it to the boat because (laughs) you are either going to dr billy this thing on the head (laughs) when it gets in the boat or or you're gonna have to figure out uh how to release it and for any of you that have trout fished, trout trout aren't like this like wonderfully virile fish that are just gonna like zip off into the water like a largemouth bass. Like you gotta baby these things. So we get it close to the net, and I tell my dad, I'm like, we're releasing this fish. Like I I, I in my head, I could not keep a fish that big. If it like if it was pushing close to the state record, like I, I'd have to, but like the state record's 14 pounds and a 14 pound trout is God knows how big. So we get it into the boat. And what's the first thing that it does. As soon as you get in the boat, it flops out of the net and like bangs its head against the damn boat. So I'm like, I'm going to have to like kill this fish now. So we're sitting there and like, we're getting it measured and it's like, we get it back into the water and we, we probably waited like three minutes, but we were able to release the fish, no ill effects. We didn't see it floating on top of the surface or anything like that. But, you know, for me, for, you know, the joke about the Jake, uh, from last year and me missing that big deer, 
the more I began to think about it, um, I literally had three fish Kentucky fish in one day. Like to me, I mean, I, and I didn't put it together until I started seeing guys like post a fish Kentucky pins. I'm like, son of a bitch. I forgot to register my fish for fish Kentucky. And I started thinking, I'm like, all three of those damn fish were fish Kentucky fish. <laughs> then we went back the next day and then caught dad's 40 pound striper. So, I mean, this is a legit, this isn't like a, yeah, this isn't like Rick is telling striper. stories. Like it, it was a, this legit, is a legitimate gigantor striper. Oh man. Good Lord. And, and, and I think honestly, like Aaron, you're talking about like you, your TSS loads, like knocking a bird on its ass. Like me, like helping my dad get that striper oh. in the boat and like us figuring it out and how long it took us that may be like one of the like best sports moments of my life maybe hmm. like one of the best moments of my life oh, just no for the question. fact like that was my dad's it, it is my dad that is literally fish. brad pitt at the end of a river runs through it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That yep. Was. yep. And, and I mean, the, there, there's, there's nothing cooler in that sense where you're like, and I mean, I, I just, I netted the, well, I didn't net the fish cause it was too damn big to get in the net. Um, like I got the fish in the boat and then we're like staring at it, I'm like, Oh my God, like this is, this is a legitimate 40 pound fish. And we weighed it and sure as hell, like 40 pounds on the dot. And to be able to release that fish at the same time, for someone else to catch it later on or grow bigger to potentially, you know, maybe one day be the state record, like is, is like one of the coolest things in my head. So that, that's not to mention dropping its genetics all over. Oh my the place. God. Yeah. Oh my God. My that, God. That's a, that's a massive striper. It, it, it was like you, you <clears throat> hear about them. Like when I was little, like you would hear about guys catching 40 and like 50 pound fish out of the lake and like those fish would die. Like, I mean, you're, you're fighting a fish in warm water. Um, and, and that, and that fish would die, um, in the river. It's so dang cold. Those fish stay around so much longer. They can make those real long runs. I think when we did the math, when we looked up a biology chart on it, that fish would have been 15 or 16 years old. So that Damn. fish that fish had been in that river for 15 or 16 years, just Man. growing and eating trout and skipjack the entire Sucking time. Sucking down rainbows and little, little freshwater tarpon. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So for those that don't know, we refer to skipjack as freshwater tarpon because they almost look just like them. And they jump out of the water and they're fun yep. to fight, but uh, they Big smell and they get nasty goop all over you when you try to slimy oh god yucky yucky slimy yucky but th that's my story i i i you know for me that that is uh it's a recent one but it it's it is literally one of my favorites yeah uh, how about you Aaron? The, well kind of kind of going back to trout and man you get you got me thinking about trout because man i i grew up in west virginia grew up you know on the trout streams mm -hmm. um you know there's nothing more than i love doing is is picking apart a trout stream man mm -hmm. i i love there's just something about it you know uh you know uh, just reading the reading the water you know it, it's 
I, I love that type of stuff. Um, actually, Jen and I, we've been married for going on 21 years now. And uh, our for our uh, honeymoon, we actually went, uh, we had a cabin up in the mountains of West Virginia mm-hmm. uh, for, for a couple of weeks. And that's, that's actually what we did was, is we went, we went trout fishing. That was our, that was our honeymoon. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. Jen, Jen loves, she loves fishing. Really? And we, yeah. And we just, I mean, we spent, I mean, two weeks just biking, hiking, uh, and trout fishing. And I, I Man. caught my, I caught my, that was at the end of August and I caught my largest, uh, trout ever, uh, during our honeymoon wow how and big yeah, we talking uh 23 and three quarter inch brown nice yeah nice okay, um, it, it it lost it you know i mean it it was at the you know with it being at the end of summer you know it lost a lot of its weight mm-hmm. so it was actually a fairly skinny you know fish i don't i don't know what the weight was i didn't have a scale or anything I, and i released it back um but I, I was able to put a tape on it and Man, I I will never I will never forget that it was on the south branch of the of the Potomac uh, mm-hmm. River, and you know kind of a kind of a swirl back, uh, you know where some of the some of the current you know cut cuts back into, and then all of a sudden opens up into a you know a, a swirl back eddy, and man, I, I was running I was actually smallmouth fishing. Uh, oh, loved, wow. you know, yeah, we we were actually going down through there for smallmouth. And I, I was running a crankbait and all of a sudden I, I rolled it and it, it came up and I seen the I seen the flash and I'm like, that was, <laughs> that was not a, that was not a small mouth. And man, I hurried up, and man, ripped, ripped it in and man followed up with that cast. And man, I started, I started pulling it back through there and I kid you not. I mean, man, you, you talk about excitement because it was coming, it was coming through the water and water, water was pretty clear. Mm. And I seen the shadow of it just coming up behind the, oh, man. coming up behind the crankbait. And I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Oh my God. And, <laughs> and man, he freaking hit that thing. And just, you know, as soon as he hit, he went to go the opposite way. And man, he hit, and I, I'll never forget, man. I mean, he just thrashed the water and we're, we're probably talking, I don't know, that water probably in that area was, uh, probably less than waist deep, you know, so mm-hmm. less than three foot deep, you know, he, he was in some ripraft. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was holding right along the edge of some ripraft and, uh, man, he hit that. And I remember Jim was kind of, kind of like up on, you know, I mean, it was, it was a rock ledge, you know, area that we was fishing, mm-hmm. And Jim was up, and man, I remember I just started yelling at her, "Get the net, get the net!" And she's like, <laughs> I, and, "I mean, and she's got like a rock ledge to climb up." I'm, I'm yelling, "Get the net!" <laughs> and, I like it. And she's yelling, "I'm trying, I'm trying. hurry up!" <laughs> be aggressive, be, yeah. be aggressive. <laughs> She finally, I mean, she ripped her way up out of there. I have no idea how she got up out of there that fast, but literally, I mean, it, it took me a few minutes to get him, get him in. And uh, he, he actually wasn't too far out, but I mean, it was a hell of a fight. Uh, I was actually running medium, medium light tackle, six pound test. Uh, nothing, oh, nothing God. bigger. 
Yeah, nothing big at all. So, I mean, I knew that if he got out into that current, I was yeah. going to have one of a fight on my hands. Mm-hmm. Man. And, uh, man, so, uh, you know, I was I was able to keep him keeping it in, in and around there and just trying to slowly work work him in, you know, you know, just making sure that my rod tip was in the right direction mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, yeah, she was finally able to get down there. I, I still had pictures of old, old, you know, Polaroid pictures. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those, of, are of that. Those are the best. Those are the best. Yeah. But yeah, that fit, fishing wise, that, that was definitely, man, that was definitely one of, one of the epitomes. Uh, probably one of the, one of the other ones, just real quick. Um, man, me and me and my buddies, we used to always go down to the, you know, another section of the South branch of, of the Potomac and, uh, smallmouth fish. And we go down there camp, you know, just, 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 it was a good time. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, it was mm-hmm. a good time. There was a freshwater spring that we would hike the, you know, kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the movie stand by me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, man, we just hiked the railroad tracks up, up into this, up into this valley, a steep, steep valley. You're only seeing day- daylight from 10 to two. Oh man. And, uh, and we would, you know, and literally about the only way that you can trek back in there is, is walk the railroad tracks mm-hmm. and we would follow those railroad tracks back in there. I mean, two, three plus miles. Yeah. And there was a freshwater spring that literally just came that came right out of the side of the mountain and was there for years, 20 plus years. Every time you huh. go there, just, I mean, it was like, it all, it was about the, about the almost the size of like, imagine like about a three inch pipe mm-hmm. full flow. Wow. And it was just gushing out of the side of the mountain. Always was anytime it could be the dead of summer drier and shit. It didn't matter. <laughs> you could go up there. And that it would be pouring out of the side of the mountain, ice cold, ice huh. cold. And uh, we would always stop there, fill fill up our water jugs and stuff like that, or you know, water packs and everything, before we would drop down, descend down the you know the rocks and stuff like that, and get down into the water. And uh, man, we would always go down through there. We would start. There was one section that kind of you know kind of a uh, bottleneck down you know, mm-hmm. almost kind of like an hourglass, you know, the river kind of hourglass. And it was a perfect riffraff section of where we would sane for Helgramites. Okay. And, and we would go down in there and man, we, you know, we'd kick, kick up rocks, start turning rocks and sane for Helgramites. And then, man, and then it was just, it was on, you know I mean? We would just rip, rip the shit out of small mouths. That's I awesome, mean, you, you'd, get, you'd get to, you get tired of catching fish, honestly. And, uh, you know, we we used me and my buddies. We we usually always used medium light tackle. Yeah, you know, I mean it's just mm-hmm. it was fun. You know, I mean you get a you get a decent size smallmouth in in some you know swift current. That's oh a man, hell, it's that's best. a hell of a fight. Yeah, and uh, we were we were doing that, and it opened up into a big pool. Uh, you know that that was known to hold some decent you know decent catfish and stuff like that. And usually, you know, if we if we had time, we would get we would go down there in the evening time, and that's how we kind of we'd fish down to that spot, and then we mm-hmm. would you know kind of wrap up the evening down there, maybe maybe stick around do some you know do some catfishing and stuff like that. And uh, but we was we was bass fishing down through there, and we got to the head of that that hole. And big, big hole. I'm talking, you know, big enough to where it did, it didn't matter. There was no way you was going to cast across it in no e- in either direction. Yeah, it, real big hole. And um, man, all of a sudden, my buddy, all of a sudden, I just heard his drag screaming, and I turned around, I looked, and I don't know what the hell he had. I don't. He didn't at the time. He didn't know what the hell he had. 
but it didn't know that it was hooked. That, that <laughs> damn thing was was going down the river like, and it wasn't even skipping a beat. His drag was just screaming, and I'm like, you know, of course we're like, what, what the hell you got? He's like, I have no idea. I I have no idea. And he's just he's just hanging on. I mean, it, there wasn't shit that he could do. You know, yep. six pound six pound test, whatever it is. I oh, mean, yeah. he ain't doing a damn thing. No, and. He we he fought that thing and he waited as far you know as far as he could. He worked the banks, got up onto the banks. I mean, went he literally went clear out of sight around the bend. You know, probably a hundred plus yards. You know, went clear around and then it was coming back up river. He'd come back up. He fought. We we was timing it, and I don't know how much time actually went before we started timing it. By the time he got it in, it was it was a thirteen and a half pound channel cat. Oh my god. And wow. on, on, on six pound test. And whenever we was timing it, he would fought that thing for 47 minutes. And wow. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget that either. I mean, that it, it was, it was just a, that, that damn fish had him all over that river. I mean, it, it <laughs> was, bad. I mean, it, it was funny because I mean, I was just watching him just trying to maneuver the water and trying to keep tension and, you know, big rocks, little rocks, getting up, getting up on the bank uh, and just going with it. And it would bring him back up the river and then it take him back down the river. <laughs> my just, God. It was wearing his ass out. Oh, but man. yeah, it, I mean, it, it was so awesome. You know, that, that's another memory that we'll never forget. Oh, yeah, dude. That reminds me, you talked about how it didn't know it was hooked. I still don't know what I hooked, but I don't have the end story. But when we were fishing down at Cumberland, oh yeah, below the dam, below the dam, dude, I thought I was snagged, and then all of a sudden you just see the side to side motion of the line mm. go oh. through the water, and I, I had a pretty good pole, <clears throat> yeah, and I think I was fishing with ten or twelve pound, probably twelve, mm, no, sorry, twelve or fourteen pound yeah. test. Or if, if you don't mind me asking, what uh, what do you just out of curiosity? Because I I always finesse fish i mean even bass fish mm -hmm. stuff like that what what type of uh what type of setups are you guys running just out of curiosity I'll what, let general, general um, i when i'm fishing the river i use 10 pound test um well let me rephrase that if i'm throwing lures it's 10 pound test and i'm using anything between like you know you use crankbaits or spoons or whatever i'm using a medium uh a medium rod and usually um not a fast action but uh a um I'm kind of a medium fast me medium fast action just to try to get baits out there a little bit quicker and then mm -hmm. uh I, li I like a medium uh rod for that kind of stuff um not a like a, a not like a heavy heavy act a heavy rod or anything like that now if i'm if i'm specifically if I'm going to go down there and like drift shad for striper, I'm going to use a heavier rod. I, I'll yeah. probably end up using like 15 pound test, but um, it, one, one of the guides that's down there, um, he, he says, he goes number six fluorocarbon um, quarter ounce egg sinker. And then a uh, number six Aberdeen hook. And he's, he's like, you pit, pitch it and you let it roll or you let it bounce near the bottom. He's, you'll catch all the trout you want to all day. Huh. But uh, 
if I'm throwing lures, that that's that's my preferred it's my preferred setup to do that. Okay. But if 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 I'm uh if I'm just like doing, um, you know, just bait fishing or something like that, I'll I'll do the six pound test and you know do it that way because I feel like it's yeah. just a little bit more sensitive to the touch when I'm trying to, you yep. know, do something jig on my line. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty uh, much use one spin hole. spin cast or uh, are you guys yeah. running bait spin. cast or spin cast? Spin cast. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. I think I have a Fluger. Uh, I run, it's a spin cast. I think I run, <clears throat> I can't remember if it's 12 or 14, but I mean, even when you catch like a one or two pound fish down there, it is not like catching them in a farm pond or, you know, something like yeah. I'm used to up here. You have, you're in a dog fight. And a lot of times when I go down there and I don't, attribute this to my skill i attribute it to their knowledge for what do you got a combined hundred years or whatever fish in that lake and (laughs) river so um i get lucky just about every time i go and land something pretty good and man that can be who's the hot blonde in the background (laughs) um but so I use a, I want to say mine is a medium heavy action rod. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's right. And it's, it's decently stiff mm-hmm. um, just because I want to be able to handle stuff at least yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause when you, dude, I landed. So a perfect example, the striper, I'm not going to tell the story fully because I've probably told it once or twice on here already <laughs> um i landed a big striper and it was out of a underwater orchard and if i didn't have that stiff action and that bigger line i would not have kept that fish out of those trees and she'd have broke me off no yeah. problem i got yeah. broke off <clears throat> so you know that's one of those things but uh Anywho, I'm trying to think of some uh, good stories here. I'll I'll tell this one. It's actually the success in it is a little different than your guys. Y'all are landing fish. Um, It's my first trip to Cumberland with one, the Pickles Ricklington Cates, fellow host of Fueled by the Outdoors podcast now. Uh, Like us on Instagram. We go down there and his parents have a camper and a campsite and um, we're fishing the river. And uh, I think I didn't fish. No, I did fish the lake that time because I won a dollar. I was all proud of that. I caught some little idiot fish and you guys didn't catch anything or something that evening. And I was like, yeah, I won a dollar. (laughs) But uh, I caught my first trout down there and actually me and Will, that was when we had the guides yeah. going past us. There were multiple guide boats going past us, and we're just – we are making love to the trout, and we're not seeing these dudes pull a whole lot out. <laughs> and uh, we're getting some looks, we'll say. But uh, my favorite part about that trip was not the fishing. Um, <laughs> so we played some Yahtzee. Oh yeah. On Saturday night <laughs> and everybody was kind of 
starting to wind down, we'll call it. Enter Chris. <laughs> I got out a couple bottles of wine, uh, the Gato Negro, and I yep. forget the other stuff we drank. So we drank a couple bottles of wine. We drank some beers. And then everybody else started to, and I think we were all pretty, well, I know we were all pretty, pretty good. And we were feeling great. Yeah. We um, besides your mom, she didn't partake. <laughs> Dang it. Which leads to the end of the story. Um, or, or a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, Rick offers me a sip of his wild turkey rare breed. And I think I'd had a shot of wild turkey before. Well, I'm already three sheets to the wind, screwed three ways from Sunday, however you want to call it. And I don't, you know, I don't get drunk a whole lot. So uh, it, it hit me pretty good. So. I don't take a swig. I don't take a shot or a sip. I turned that bottom of the bottle up at 12 o'clock and took a pretty good chug. And, and no big deal, right? Well, about Until 10 minutes later. later, me and Will were removed from the camper. <laughs> His mom kicked us out. And so we're out there in the tent. And of course, Will has no conscience. So he just falls asleep whenever he's like, okay, I'm going to sleep now. And he's gone. And I'm laying there and the world is spinning. And I get that. I get that little feeling, you know, in the back of the throat, the saliva's coming. So I step out the tent. I think I'm going to get sick. Then I don't. Well, crawled back in the tent. I'm just about to chill out and get the spins to stop. Mm. And then they started up really bad again. <laughs> and I barely made it out the tent and hurled. <laughs> so I'm puking in our campsite. And then I'm like, oh, crap. I got to go to the bathroom. So I <laughs> go into the bathroom. And I think this was probably somewhere in that. 1 30 a.m range mm -hmm. close to two o'clock i woke up at 5 30 in the morning <laughs> to somebody coming in the women's bathroom <laughs> i had gone into the wrong bathroom jesus christ <laughs> i fell asleep on the toilet oh my and God. to boot i lost my camouflage hoodie that i yeah. love so dearly and my camouflage beanie. And to this day, still I still can't find it. Heck, I don't know what happened, but there again, I mean, I never fell asleep on a toilet before. <laughs> so the wild turkey will get you. Oh, a lot of things got me that night. I, and, and it's funny because everybody thinks you got to have like beer before liquor. What is it? Liquor before beer. beer you're in, in the, the clear. clear. I yeah. don't think it's that so much as as you drink beer. I equate that to crawling up to the side of the cliff. And then when you take the shots, that is you, you jump. jumping off. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you take that liquor first and you're like, Ooh, I'm really close to this cliff. Yep. I should be careful. 
and the beer, if you sip beer, you're fine. You're not going to go crazy. So uh, hopefully nobody will unsubscribe from this podcast for that story. <laughs> but uh, if you do, no hard feelings. But uh, I had to. I had to tell that one and change it up a little bit. It was fishing related, but uh, camps are fun with, you know, and that does lead me um, to sort of a final thought concluder, whatever you want to call it. That's why camps are fun because you have little stories like that with your buddies and your family mm-hmm. and all that. And you, rem- I mean, you remember those until, you know, you get old and crusty and, you know, get Alzheimer's or whatever, but um you know, you remember those essentially for the rest of your life and uh, talk about them on podcasts with your buddies, whatever. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Or remember them the next time around a fire or something like that. Yeah. yeah you, you know what, Chris, I mean, that that's one of the things uh, as, as a matter of fact, today is the last day to apply for your big game license in Colorado. <laughs> uh, and me and uh, me and my buddies, tomorrow. we got, yeah, <laughs> I mean, how that works for you? For you, Matt Amron, just for you, buddy. Uh, but it, that's that's one of the things that we talk about. We've been, you know, me and you know, me and a couple of my buddies, we've been going out there for almost twenty years now, and that's what we look forward to. You know, I mean, I I think the older that we get, I mean, it's hard to believe. You know, I mean, our our kids are getting older. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, to the point where I mean, it it's not going to be much longer until you know any of our kids that want to start getting in on the the tags, we're we're going to be taking them. You know, yeah. And um, you know, but that that's one of the things that we talk about. It's like you know what it we drive all the way out there, but really what we enjoy most is just being able to have, you know, spend the time with one another, share the, share the stories, share the same damn stories each and every year, you know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, they're, they're just as good each and every time you hear them, you know? So, absolutely. but that's, it is, that's, that's, that's what it's about. Amen. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll say this and then kind of close it out, you know, get out and go camp with your buddies at least once this year. <clears throat> it's not hard. Um, you know, you, you, you can, uh, it might be like herding cats for some people, but at the same time, <laughs> that's part of the fun of it is, you know, the, the sharing, like, you know, in camp, whether it's a miserable camp, you'll have that, that thought for the rest of your life and you'll kind of look back and laugh at it and like how stupid were we to think that that was going to be a, a good time or, you know, it could be the best camp ever. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that you talk about forever too. So, you know, I, I, if I had uh, one thing to say is get out and go to a camp this year, it's still early parks are all opening back up and there's plenty of areas for people to go and recreate. So get out there and enjoy the wild spaces. Make yourself memory rich. Exactly. Exactly. That's all you'll have, man. So, um one other tidbit before we go please remember if you would like to support us and our small podcast it would be greatly appreciated the support button is in the liner notes and if you are looking for it it is also on the fueled by the outdoors page on facebook other than that this has been fueled by the outdoors we've been your hosts rick cates and chris leppert and we've been joined tonight by mr aaron satterfield aaron thanks for stopping by again Appreciate Thanks it. again for having me, guys. No problem. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. And uh, guys, we will talk at you later. Bye. So you take care.
And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.